Welcome to Coffee, Beans, and Booze. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Shyla. And we're thriving in a small town. It's caffeinated Jasmine and drunk Shyla. It's time for Coffee and Booze. Clink! Good morning. Hello, hello. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing good. I'm doing well. I'm hanging here. I got my coffee and the pups are asleep on the floor, so we might hear some snoring. But other than that, uh, it's it's a good time. Sunny outside. How about you? Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, You know, I don't really know what our day has in store for us, but probably some swimming in our little backyard pool. Nice. Um, Maybe a walk here at some point Mm -hmm. today. Um, Speaking of walks. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. A walk would be good, but I wasn't sure I wanted to mention to you or not. I don't know. What do you want to talk about with walks, Shyla? So, okay. So we need to preface this by saying that I walk with Allie in a little mom's group. So we had this mom's ED group that we Which people might remember that Allie from a few weeks ago is six Six foot one, two. two. Six foot two. Yes. Okay. Yeah. A little different than my four foot ten. Just saying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we used to have this ED moms group that we would meet like mm-hmm. once a month in a coffee shop and just like whoever could come and like we mm-hmm. would just talk about, you know, all kinds of things related to, you know, leadership and being mm-hmm. a mom and whatever else, you know, just whatever came up. And so that's how Allie and I became better friends. And uh, since quarantine has happened, we decided that we would uh, start a little bit of a mom's walking group. Mm-hmm. And uh, she actually joked with me the first day, like, uh, you know, her husband, I guess, had said something about um, picking someone who was so short to walk with. Because he's shorter know, than I'm she five is. I'm 5'3". Right, yeah. Yes. And, and so I'm, he probably I'm only 5'3". Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I guess I've been surrounded by, by uh, people my whole life who are much taller than me. And so I overcompensate. So... Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, on Friday, uh, you, me, and our friend Jesse go mm-hmm. for a walk, and yes. I discovered that my leg length is just much different than yours. Correct. So, <laughs> so everybody thinks that this whole walking thing, and I feel slightly like, I don't want to say I'm an expert, okay, but I have friends of all different <laughs> sizes, and I come at this from a different perspective. So I have some firsthand, first source research here, okay? Are you, everybody, oh, uh, are you, like, are you considering? a subject matter expert on this? Or I are think you like, I could be. Maybe. I okay, might be. All right. Just saying. Let's all just right. put that out there because I am now. Right. <laughs> okay. I am now. Theater education, educational technology, Dolly Parton studies, and walking stride. These are my places of expertise. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So, um, yes, it is not all about one's overall height because I have friends. My friend Jayanne is like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and she and I can walk with no troubles at all. Um, my friend Pierce is 6'4". He does a good job of trying to like adjust stride a little bit to meet me in the middle kind of thing. It's it's when people have super long legs. It's about your leg height versus your torso height and the stride length. So <laughs> I'm 4'10", but let's be completely upfront. I'm pretty sure that my legs might only be like 20 inches long. Like I have like the shortest inseam ever. So my stride is really, really short. Okay. And you're, you might only be 5'3", but your stride is much longer because you got a lot of leg going on there. I do you have do. a lot of leg. Yeah, I discounted yeah. that. So yeah, mm-hmm. but the funny part is, is that Allie had mentioned going walking 
uh, on Friday, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, I can't, because I had never walked with you like that before, no, right? So right. I didn't want to bring Allie, and Allie and I pump out a mm-hmm. 14 and a half minute mile. There so, is no land. Yeah. Um, there is no land, because <laughs> Jesse and I are just shorter, and Jesse is proportionate. Her legs are a little bit closer to, I think, the length of my legs, and so she's probably 5'3 as well, but her legs are short, you know, like she's got a, a shorter yeah. span there than you do. Yeah. And so we did well, though. I will say we kept up, and we could have walked at a little bit of a pastor face, but we went four four miles. I mean, on my my yeah, it was three point nine miles on my my watch, and yeah. so like we went for distance and not necessarily yes, speed. We were going where, distance, yeah, yeah. Whereas, and Jesse and I have actually walked together for a very long period of time. We've even done the couch to two to five k thing, where like you do the interval running piece. We've done that for a couple of summers together. Yeah, and so we're kind yeah. of used to that, but we don't usually go the distance. Like we usually go like maybe two miles or something, and it would be a little bit of a faster pace but we covered in that four miles this is the part I want to point out in this conversation about walking we covered the perimeter of most of our small towns so when we say we're thriving in a small (laughs) town we covered the perimeter of a good 60% of our town in that four miles it was actually really sweet so true it was really sweet and I would totally be up for walking again so depending on who you're walking with today I may join if you're walking with Allie I am very excited to be with (laughs) Allie in person which we have not been because we're, we're still in, in quarantine time heading into the green. Um, but I would love to meet up with her over a drink. I'm not sure I'm prepared to try to match her stride. To, to try yeah. that. Yeah, it's, no. it's a lot. But uh, so mm-hmm. but here's some like mm-hmm. here's some uh, good uh, in all of that. So yes. yesterday um, I went out for a walk. I did. I did a, a shorter version of the same mm-hmm. like path that we took um, on Friday, and I did 2.12 miles in 30 minutes, 42 mm-hmm. seconds. Mm-hmm. And my sister had sent me a screenshot the day before that she had done two miles in about the same amount. Of, uh, she did it in what, 31 minutes mm-hmm. or something. Now, she's also a former <laughs> military. military police yes. in mm-hmm. the Army, did a deployment in Iraq, and she was like, you're a beast. Mm-hmm. So it is, you know, justification for for you all that like I'm just an idiot so oh you are not it was the part where like at the very end of this 3.9 miles you decide that you're like let's do the last two blocks in Shyla's speed first of all made me want to slap you into next week okay because you know whatever Shyla stride okay and I was verbal about it you've got to say I never keep in my feelings you always full well know how I it's funny I I just yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I just wanted to see how that would go I was and then like, I discovered that you literally can't walk that fast. I can't. Now, I can. The funny part about this is our friend Kara, she and I were going to do a 5K at one point where I had a terrible um, panic attack in the middle of it because I can do a 5K, but I do best doing that like by myself because I feel a lot, like I never want to let somebody down. I, I want to go at the pace they can go at. I'm really short. So I started to have like this panic attack. But Kara and I can jog at the same pace, but we can't walk. I'm like the slowest walker, but when I get some sprinting, into it and I get a little bit of hop and go in there as part of my jog, then I can do at that pace or whatever. So, you know, yeah. it's just a weird thing, this whole running stride, whatever thing. So my son gets on me because he says my gait is just too short. He's like, mom, open your gait up wider so that you're taking bigger steps. Um, he'll say I'm jogging with a stutter step. That is his, I don't know. The fact that I'm a moving is a step. big thing right now. Yeah. So there's like lots of people. <laughs> Let me point this out though. People have a lot of judgment on my walking running. <laughs> 
What I is mean, with I that? I w- listen, it wasn't judgment. What? I, I, and, nice. and I want to point out that you just offered to come walking with me again today. I would, so I would I come walk with you. I wasn't that much again. of a jerk. So I would, no, I would totally <laughs> walk with you again. In fact, I would like to. It was good. And I loved that the distance was more, which was really awesome too, because I tend to just go and not really have a plan. Like for me, a walk is so much about just like mental self care. Um, but I really do need it to be physical self care as well. So for me, it was like a really good, like, yeah, think about how far you're going and the pace you're going to, which I know so many people do. Yeah. Um, I have lots of friends who are great runners and things. and But I do get a lot of anxiety over it because I'm not used to limitations being built into what I do and having a physical limitation of my height that, that is something I can't change. I battle with. And so other people might yeah. just open their door and go for a walk. But for me, there's there's an anxiety level that can come with that when I'm trying to stay up with other people. So oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I don't I don't really run. My brother, who's older mm-hmm. than me, is an incredible runner. He's mm-hmm. an incredible athlete. Um, he's also um, military. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's he just has a he has that build for it. You know, he's a mm-hmm. he's a runner. Uh, I run only in two conditions. One, there are zombies chasing me or there's <laughs> wine at the end i mm. mean that's really that's really where yeah. we're at so when I, we were hitting our like 3.5 the other day and my bit my big issue was that i should have taken water with me and i hadn't because i don't want to carry the water <laughs> but i didn't it was a thing like whatever um at one point we ran into a, a student of mine and i was like i think he has a water bottle strapped to that bike what if i just like push him off that bike and steal his water but then i realized that was wrong and i didn't do it <laughs> like, you know, but i had this moment i'm so glad you chose but, otherwise i right? mean he was on the other side of the street there was no way we were going to catch up to him on his oh bike, i wasn't going to so, be running you know. across now for sure but um but i was like we were like I don't know, maybe like 3.7 miles. And I was like, do we think it's bad if I just blow past her and go to Rita's? That's a mixed messaging, right? If I run to Rita's <laughs> And I didn't. I didn't. I got no, some water at your house instead, good. which was really yeah. great. So, you know, yeah. it's the it's the little things in life. I do feel like, um, do, how do you feel? Do you feel like, like, I don't want to say we're coming out of COVID because I think we all know this is going to be a long marathon of things. And, and I don't want to yeah. make it sound that way, but every day is changing a little bit, right? And the weather has changed the possibilities. Like, we wouldn't be having this conversation when it was the end of March and it was cold. Um, but I'm trying to figure out what are the COVID habits I'm going to keep and what are the, the real life habits I got to get back to here. And and, and physical movement yeah. is a good piece of that, right? You know? Well, and yeah, yeah. I mean, this is actually mm-hmm. the, the walking thing has become a little bit of self-care mm-hmm. um, and all really only available to me because our schedules have slowed down so mm-hmm. much. Right. Um, you know, in normal land, I'm running to board meeting to whatever to to other mm-hmm. meetings whatever it is in the evenings um and you know combined with uh children's sports and my husband's uh he's you know the baseball president so he's got stuff mm-hmm. going on with that especially this time of year so yeah I I kind of um I'm thankful for the time and hopeful that I can try to keep building in those times for myself. It's been good in self-care and yeah. Yeah, I, and definitely I, pieces of life yeah. are going to remain, right? There's going to be pieces of, of COVID life that's going to remain. Um, and then there's pieces of normal life that, that are going to have to come back. I'm, I'm really interested to see how we all start to start to work less remotely or do we keep a lot of that? I suspect a lot of my friends who are working remotely, um, their jobs are going to keep that for them. And so it's going to be really interesting. Um the conversations yeah, around sure. education in the fall yeah. have been interesting too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah. I'm just excited that I'm mm-hmm. getting my hair cut on July 10th. 
Rub it in, why don't you? I had my haircut on uh, March 12th. Like on the day, I was literally sitting in the chair and Jess, who um, is is an amazing person who does my hair, she um, had to put up with like, I was talking to the superintendent like every five minutes about whether or not we were closing or we weren't closing, what was safe, what were our protocols for cleaning, like all these things. And like, so after every round of like color on my hair, like then a conditioner or whatever, she had to deal (laughs) with all of that. So I suspect it will be a while till I get in because there's a lot of people who do didn't have their beauty taken care of in, in you know for so long they were due and ready and right. I had just been in so I'm gonna try to be patient um, but my gray hairs or, or you know I could change that and say like my sparkles are coming through or something like that but let's yeah. be honest it's just a lot oh yeah, yeah. my yeah my yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you can't I see yours because your hair is much lighter those of us with dark yeah, hair we get trubs it's- that's yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. So you're going so I, soon, uh, right? Yeah. I'm going mm-hmm. soon. And I had a whole conversation with my husband last night <laughs> about how the A-line bob, the Karen hair <gasps> might have yeah. to go. Wow. These are big decisions. You know well, why? If you, because if you, you look have at our website, hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. But mm-hmm. if you look at our website, I have a little bit of COVID hair, right? So it's a little bit of a longer a hairdo mm-hmm. than I normally have so like I don't want to throw listeners right. off because it's that's not typical so but mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go in that direction a little bit longer but I do have a lot of hair so I have to be very careful like yeah you have thick hair and so you'll have to balance that some you know that cha- these things yeah. change over time I always like talk to you about the things you get to look forward to of like you know cracking <laughs> knees and then whatever else and and my hair is well still thick not nearly as thick as it used to be so um so yeah there's that piece yeah. but I I'm excited not just to get my hair done and uh, and see Jess and and Cerise and all of the other great people at um, Unveil Salon where I go. But I'm excited to talk with them sort of about what their COVID life has been like because, you know, to have a business that is so yeah. dependent on being with other people and living in Lebanon County where we were held up a, a bit longer um, than other counties and just, you know, how this experience has really shaped their life. They took the, um, the standpoint and the route that they really took this time to stay close to the letter of the law and to use this time to to, uh, become efficient in sanitation and extra preventative measures for their clients. And so I'm really excited, like not only to get my hair done, but to kind of just talk with them about what that decision making was like, because I, I just can't imagine the pressures on small businesses. Um, our friend Kristen that we talked to a few weeks back, um, you know, struggling with the same thing. And so I think the effect of leadership at this time of what COVID will do to shape people and leaders and what they are um, going forward will be really, really interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And and mm-hmm. what the everybody keeps tossing this term around, but the what the new normal will be. What does this I look know. like and how how it, it I mean it's even just dumb stuff like we're we're wearing masks. We're, mm-hmm. you know, our family mm-hmm. is is wearing masks. We, you know, feel like if it's a small thing we can do to make sure that other people are protected, we'll do right. that. And um the just the whole thing of like going to a store and having to make sure we have the masks and mm-hmm. the, like you know all this stuff it adds an, a new element an extra element to life you know it's, it's yeah and it's mark okay. struggles I with mean, it a little bit hopefully, yeah. hopefully temporary Mm-hmm. Mark struggles with it a little bit in that sometimes he'll get in the car and be like, oh, do I have the mask or whatever? And I'm like, you know, if you put a mask here, here and here, you wouldn't have yeah. so much of that kind of deal. And he was like, that's true. And I'm like, you know, because he he is all about we, we are very much about like if we can wear a mask and it keeps people healthy. Well, what heck we are doing it, you know, kind of a deal. Um, but it will be interesting to see what happens uh, over time here and, and how this is going to and what the, that new norm. I think I'm going to hate that term. 
I think it's going to be right up there with me with move the needle, which, you know, is like one of my I least know. favorite. I'm like, what does that mean? So um, it's yeah. well, I'm like, yeah. How long does that last? I'm actually mm-hmm. reading uh, The Great Pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, which is the uh, pandemic of 1918, mm-hmm. the, the Spanish influence. We should put a link actually, to yeah. that on our episode uh, yeah. when we post this episode for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which actually started in Kansas by most mm-hmm. accounts. Um, it was something mm-hmm. that um, and it's interesting how history has kind of repeated itself and so I can't decide if that's comforting or frustrating and maybe a little mix of right. both um, but it's it's interesting to see you know there there were the anti-maskers versus the people mm-hmm. who thought that it was valuable and you know and I think in all of this the one thing that everybody can say is there were just so many unknowns mm-hmm. right and so it's easy to say 2020 you know hindsight's 2020 that we could have mm-hmm. made decisions that were different or maybe we should have tried this or maybe this information wasn't helpful at the beginning but you know I think we're all all of us top to bottom every everybody is just trying to figure out what you know how mm-hmm. to handle it and what to do so yeah right. I'm just trying to I'm 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 utilizing the extended grace model in this moment mm-hmm. like we have to be may, forgiving and supportive yeah I was having this you conversation something that I don't and that's yeah. okay yeah I was having this conversation the other day with um a, a friend of mine who uh runs a local theater um a pretty good sized theater I mean he's got a lot of big decisions to make there and and I think um in theater land someone is going to have to take the first step someone is going to have to be the first one who opens and does and I said, you know, we have got to figure out whether that's our own theaters or that's other ones. We have to figure out how to be supportive in that, even if someone makes a misstep, because we can do a lot of damage by saying that, you know, someone is going to be an innovator. There's a lot of risk in innovation, but the criticism that comes to that can be so lifetime damaging in it. So like we need to find some grace and forgiveness and support, even if there is some misstep in it, because we don't like there's the leadership model that says, I'm going to pause and I'm going to wait and I'm going to take in all information. Right. And then I'm going to make decisions. And there's the leadership model that says um, moving quickly in leadership gets you a lot of places, particularly in innovation, because innovation is tough to do if you're going to wait and wait and wait. Innovation just doesn't work that way, right? A lot of times. So how do you take measured risks, right? And so in being a leader who takes measured risks, you can take on a criticism for yourself, but what are you willing to take on as the criticism for your organization? And and, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations about this lately because I am willing to take on risk for myself, but I would be mortified to take on criticism and or cause criticism due to taking on risk for the organizations that I represent. And so it's really hard. Yeah, it is. And and I think in, you know, mm-hmm. in small town living, it's it, oh. it, we become symbiotic to mm-hmm. our organizations. So even if it's a personal mm-hmm. stance or, or, you know, I, I'm always keenly aware of yeah. how how my personal stances play out in in the bigger mm-hmm. picture and how that can affect my organization because there are things in recent recently mm-hmm. that have happened that I've chosen not to whereas I might have done mm-hmm. something because I'm so symbiotic with with the Karen Cupboard mm-hmm. and you know just trying to be respectful of that and trying to balance that and and how much sometimes that that you know can wear away at, mm-hmm. you know at me because I it's it's tough. I think being a social worker, mm-hmm. you know, advocacy is such a big part of what I want to do and advocating for the, those who can't advocate right. for themselves. And, and so that has put me in a little bit of a like, 
ethical mm-hmm. challenge. So trying to find avenues that I can be active and participate without mm-hmm. um, causing risk or damage to the organization, which I absolutely love and adore. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah, it's you tough. know, it is. It's really this idea of you have to think before you leap, but be careful if you're overthinking it. Right? It's it's a hard they're right. hard things to balance um, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. it all comes down to those relationships, right? If we've built strong relationships and people really know where we're coming from, then they're more open to listening to to where where we're trying to make our points in those pieces. You know, um, our interviewee today, Sandy Smith, is so much about that. I admire, I, I've never met Sandy in person other than perhaps if I met her at the counter of being um, a customer at her, at her business. Um, but she leads everything with how to build that relationship and you can you can hear yeah. it from the first words she says and I really admire that because yeah. that goes back to that that people-centered uh piece and so yeah you you yeah. actually we hang up we hung up the call with her and you said she makes me want to be a better person she does <laughs> and I know I know we keep joking about like that the um microphone should just be on us all the time because what we say right before yeah. and right after we record <laughs> is sometimes like the most incredibly vulnerable truth and she does and and it's just her excitement to not want to be everything to everyone all the time, but to make a difference in everyone that she interacts with. And I just yeah. admire it so much. So I'm so excited for our listeners to hear our interview with Sandy Smith today. Um, wonderful person. Truly um, admire that in her for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, she's she's really great. And, and it's been nice to just have... You know, she's a mom of four, mm-hmm. and so there are a couple of women, uh, you know, who we go to church with who are, you know, they just, they have the sympathetic eyes for, you know, yeah. <laughs> when, you know, my Mother boys God. are a little, a little crazy, or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with balancing life and, and all the things that, you know, Balance. mothering. So funny. I know my mom, uh, my mom did a really good job of teaching me that like she fought really hard to be someone who like worked outside of the home. And you know, she was a working woman of the 80s and all those pieces. And I remember her saying to me as a young mom, I'm really sorry, I lied to you. I told you you could have it all. And that was a lie. Like I fought for something that maybe actually got you into a spot that was even more difficult than I knew. And and I appreciated her honesty in that. I think, you know, I think parents are really smart to just be honest. There's a really, yeah, there's Mm -hmm. a really great article about that that wasn't written too long ago. A staffer who worked for Hillary Hillary Clinton, uh, Mm -hmm. why women can't have it all. Uh, It's a really great read. Something is always going to get. This idea Mm -hmm. that, yeah, yeah, that that there are hard decisions to make and, you know, who are we and what are we? And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge I live with all the time um you know I I have to work a lot (laughs) when my kids are home with me especially right now we don't have our youngest in daycare we decided that Mm -hmm. we could probably manage just with some hodgepodge uh child care but you know in the afternoons I I work and you know Derek is always really good at reinforcing like no you're showing your children hard work Mm -hmm. and working for a community and I try to keep that in my head but it's still hard you know when they want to play a game with me or they want you know whatever Mm -hmm. so yeah I'm just trying to keep the focus of like you know, separating, trying to right. separate. I don't do a great job of it all the time. But I think about that for Aaron. You know, Aaron has such a, I think he's proud of what I do in our community, but he was the age where I really did take him along to a lot of things from the time he was middle school on. He was at practices. He was at meetings. He was seeing what that was. And I felt good about the fact that he was learning that that, that could be a family 
project that we as a, as a group could teach people how to collaborate, work together, create something together, you know, keep keep students um, off the streets, all of those types of things. But he had a love hate with it because I'm sure he also at times would have just loved to have had mommy sitting at home, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting watching him as an adult now, though, because he's not good at sitting at home and he likes to be doing an active. <laughs> and and so, you know, as much as he um, he uh, hates to admit we're alike, you know, um, he, he, he does have that bug to do and to be active and, and to be a part of something that's making something. He always has a project going, as you know. He's always building, doing something. Oh, yes. And I know oh, that yes. that comes side from hustle. that. hustle. This Aaron always has a side hustle going. Aaron and I are in the middle of our yearly funk. You know how like Aaron uh, and I get along yeah. exceptionally well and then once a year we have a spat and it ends with I'll talk to you when you're ready to talk maturely or I'm ready to talk to you when you want to apologize for that. And we will go a couple of days without just speaking to each other and we're okay with that. We're in that right now. So um, yeah, oh, so it's our it's our yearly fun. funk right now. So we're passing each other and being cordial in the hallway, but no, but we're, we're both good with taking a little break today. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Perfect. Well, mm-hmm. we'll let uh, Sandy Smith uh, take it away here. Um, Sandy, it's a great interview and we're excited to share it with y'all. So we're here with Sandy Smith, uh, who is uh, co-owner with her husband, Tom, of Sandy's Breads, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have been in business. How long have you guys been in business for? Uh, since January of 2006, we've been full time. Yeah, I knew that it had been a while because yeah. I have been um, purchasing Sandy's Breads uh, for quite a while. And so it's quite a delight for me to to get to meet you and then talk with you a little bit today. So uh, fantastic. How did the two of you meet? Uh, so we actually go to the Palmyra Church of the Brethren together. Um, but I've known Sandy sort of in my periphery for a very long time. Um, actually, I think how I started to know about you, Sandy, was through uh, mutual friends of ours, Steve and Sasha, who are huge fans of Sandy's Breads. Um, And I think Dave had had a conversation with me one time about all of the insightful conversations he's had with you um, in parenting and child rearing um, and how thankful he was. And so when we were putting our list together of people we wanted to interview, you immediately came to mind because of how you build community, even in your small business, which is really, really admirable. So we wanted to know a little bit more about that and like how, what's your intention? And is that something that you set out to do when you started Sandy's Breads in many, many years ago? Wow. No, it it just kind of happened that way, you know, and it's so funny that you mentioned Dave and Sasha. I had no idea about the connection with you guys. So that's the real hoot. Um, but yeah, they, they've, been, they've been part of our little Sandy's Breads community from almost the get-go. And there yeah. are a lot of people that we have gotten to know over the years that we've become very good friends with just over the Sandy's it's counter. So it's just happened that way. We're just really, we're very blessed. I don't know what else to say about it. It's just been a really, really neat thing to happen. So Shyla mentioned about that you, you've really built this community around Sandy's Breads. Do you, you know, what is it about those interactions with people over the counter, behind the counter? I suspect you're the kind of person who has relationships with the people who work with you. You know, what is it that you hope to get out of each day in that? You know, do you, do you kind of, how do you approach that? Well, I think this would happen no matter what business we were in. But when I bring in a new employee, this is a, this is a good example. When I, when I bring in a new employee, the first thing that I tell them is, 
when you meet people at our counter, you meet them with your heart. You know, they they don't want some cold person just saying, yeah, can I help you? Um, that's not who we are. So you look at them in the eye and you meet them with your heart. Um, and that's, you know, that's just something that dictates how Tom and I interact with people. That's what's important. It's the people. When you hire someone new, do you think they're ready for that? Do they anticipate that? Or are they surprised when you are talking about the relationships first and the and the baked goods separate? I think, especially the younger people, are intimidated by it. I mean, we've, we've brought a lot of kids on board over the years. And we've contributed to, to their growing up in many ways, at least from, from the feedback we get from them years later. And, you know, when you're talking to a 14 or 15 year old, scary for them to hear something like that. So I don't think they anticipate it. But I think in a sense, it might make it easier for them to get into the groove by actually verbalizing that and having some expectation that they're going to treat your, your customers in a certain way and having them struggle trying to figure out how to do that. I mean, that the, the message is these are our friends. Treat them well. And I think that's a lot easier for new, new yeah. people to come on board with that kind of attitude rather than just, you know, make sure you get the right loaf mm-hmm. of bread. Yeah, right. No, that's amazing. That's yeah, what you do over at Sandy's Breads, uh, first of all, your products are beyond amazing. words so amazing. Good. Like my family now requests like your apple tart and a couple of other things when they come to visit. So um, it's become this thing in our family. But um, oh, yes, yeah, okay. it's, it's so great. But so you set yourself apart from from your local competition because of something very special that you do, right? And that's that you you hand grind is that the appropriate word you hand what do you do with your grains you do, we, <laughs> so well, the right word <laughs> we, <laughs> we we stone mill our own flowers so we get different varieties of wheat some rye some corn some uh let's see not barley um buckwheat and we have two stone mills in the bakery and so we run all these grains through the mills and we get what you call whole milled flour. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just whole wheat flour that's like what you get in the grocery store. It's, it's actually the whole kernel or the whole grain mm-hmm. that is milled and all of the proportions of the different parts of the grain remain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you see that as different texture and flavor? Do you see that as an act of service to the people who are buying? Like, or, you know, when you're when you're doing that that kind of repetitive thing and and doing the hard work that it, it requires to do that. Do you do you see that as an act of service? Sometimes I feel that way. Like when I'm doing something that's like, oh, I don't want to do this because I don't. But it will be appreciated. Right. It'll, it'll be, be loved appreciated. And, and yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I, I I see that as an act of service. Do you do you view it that way, or do you do you put an underling on that that job and you walk away? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it's it's so key to who we are. I guess I don't view it as an act of service as much as it's part of what defines us and in what we're to contribute to the community. It's it's just part of our identity. I don't know if that 
yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. or not. No, it, it totally makes sense. Yeah. And I think what's, what is amazing, you know, we've been talking to with each other for under eight minutes here, and I'm already so inspired by your approach to caring about touching someone's heart first and foremost, about taking the time to be thoughtful about how you're preparing the even just the ingredients to get to this incredible product that you do. Um, I always ask, and, and I always think this is interesting, like, have you always been someone who approached life in such a thoughtful manner? I mean, th- those are some really thoughtful and mission driven mm-hmm. things. You know, have you always been that way? I think I really have. And that's why I haven't always succeeded in some environments. Um, the corporate world doesn't take to that kind of attitude very well. You have to be of a different mindset. And so when I was working in technology and working in places like the medical field or the legal offices and and things like that, um, you know, they would want a big rush on things. Something was a big crisis. And and I would sit there and think, you know, nobody's going to I, if this document doesn't get typed right this second, <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's not where my priority was. And so I think I'm in a much better place now because I can mm-hmm. interact with people more on my terms and mm-hmm. do in a corporate setting. And I bet that was a big leap, leap of faith to do that, to, to leave that setting, mm-hmm. to go out on your own, to create your business um, for you and Tom. Um, you know, where did you where did you find your confidence in that to be such a leader of something that you were so passionate about? Well, I don't it, it was kind of a it just kind of happened that we had to do things. I, I was a stay at home mom homeschooling four children and my husband was downsized at his job in agriculture and by then we had this this little burgeoning farms you know uh, farmers market business and we kind of looked at each other and said you know maybe this is maybe this is God kicking us out of the nest and Tom always wanted us to work together mm-hmm. and this just made sense to kind of dive in. We had a little, a little something going on, um, and rather try, than trying to, I don't know, blaze a new trail, we just dove in. I think that says a lot about you and Tom, because I can tell you with utmost certainty that there is no world where I could work with Derek 24-7, <laughs> like live and work with him. There is just no world. So, but like, I could work with Derek. That's what's funny you about could, that. I you're the same people. I know. So so we have to tell you, Sandy, it's, it's our big joke that Derek and I are terribly alike, and we, we, try, we don't actually ever talk to each other about it. We only no. talk to other people about it, but yeah, yeah. I would love working with Derek because he is so methodical in what he does. Yeah. Like, I love that. I think that's no, fantastic. I, I'm yeah. the emotional brain he's the methodical it's why we all brain. balance you each know, other right so yeah, maybe you so could work with mark maybe yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't know, know. <laughs> you know but no i mean it, it really it's, it's a testament to you to you mm-hmm. and tom and you know i see you as this this like just gentle spirit who is just always so um appreciative of, of everybody else and I'm just wondering you have four children um did you always approach not always but you know it's a big word but did you approach motherhood in that same way of like you know just having this like very you're, you're just a chill like I don't imagine you yelling did you ever yell at your kids I guess is what I'm asking <laughs> oh my goodness 
<laughs> we will not get the children involved in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. No, the, mm-hmm. the truth is I learned a lot from my children. Um, we had all four of our children so close together that, you know, we, we had Grayson and then just within two years we had Sarandon and then within two years we had the, the twins. So didn't really have time to breathe by the time the twins came along. And that really changed me. Um, for one thing, I was on bed rest for half of my pregnancy. And there's a lot of humility that comes with having to depend on people that much. And yeah, it's, that not, it's not easy to really depend on altered. people. Yeah. Well, no. Mm-hmm. And we had because as soon as the twins were born Tom was back at work I mean he didn't he wasn't able to take time off um mm-hmm. so you know I came home from the hospital to having four children three in diapers I you know I needed help and that help continued but we had such a community surrounding us during that pregnancy that it just had a huge impact on on the way Tom and I are placed in the community. You know, what can we do to give back? So that that made a difference. But my kids have taught me a lot. And yes, I did yell. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. If Sandy Smith's yelling at her kids, it's all right that I, I have know. to eat these uh, occasional meltdowns. <laughs> I, I still learn from my children every day. It's funny. Yeah. We were having a conversation about dinner tonight. And my, my children are home, both of them home right now. My husband, my, my son is home from college. And my daughter is here uh, due to COVID. She, she's in the area here. And um, they were having a whole thing about communication and about knowing what happens for dinner. And when is family dinner? And when is on your own dinner? And, and Rosemary was like, um, we need to create a sign that's like, tonight is a family dinner night. No, it's not. And Mark thought that she was joking. And she's like, no, for real. No, like yeah. communication stinks right here. And it really did make me stop and think about like it's such a stupid little thing but you know you take a lot for granted particularly when your adult children are home yeah, and, and that sure. kind of thing so how are all of you faring are you guys together in one space Sandy are your children in the area or you know how, how what is your living like these days well we were really enjoying being empty nesters um, <laughs> because both of our well our two older ones are on their own um, mm-hmm. Grayson lives over in Lancaster Sarandon her husband are in Baltimore and the twins one was away at school and the other one was doing a volunteer stint and both of them came home early because of COVID so all four of us are are together in the house and there's a bit of a redefinition of space and how just how we work together in the space who's responsible for what um, each of the girls does take a night to make dinner, which is mm-hmm. nice. Um, we do have our nights of what we call grab and growl, where it's a uh, it's either find what's available or someone makes something, but we're not all sitting down at the same time just because of other things going on. So, yeah, so we're existing in the same space and. That renegotiation yep. is not always easy, but life is one big renegotiation, it sounds yeah. like. You know, especially, you know, I, I'm hearing about your journey from taking, you know, one path and then taking a leap of faith to another path. And 
I guess we all just need to find kindness in our heart to lead with that and then we won't get off path, right? We'll get to the right place for sure. Speaking of of taking those different paths and going those different directions, I am positive that COVID and all of this crazy time has, you know, created an opportunity and a need for innovation for Sandy's Breads. Can you tell us a little bit about how this is shaping the business and and the directions you're going in right now? Oh, wow. Yes. With with COVID, we lost about a third of our business right off the bat because we have a whole side to our bakery business. And of course it's closed. So mm-hmm. we lost that, but almost at the same time, our retail business really started to spike and we had to figure out how to better serve our retail customers. Um, so little things like developing a whole storefront on the website like practically overnight, mm-hmm. that was that was quite mm-hmm. a job. Um, you know, so taking online orders and making sure the newsletter gets out a week so people can email me their orders and making sure that I'm always plugged into Facebook because people message me their orders. Um, it's brought on a lot more customer interaction. Kind of cool because people are ordering, we're getting to know people's names and a little bit more about what's going on with their families because, well, you know, this person orders every two weeks and picks up a whole lot because they're stocking up for themselves and other family members. It's it's really, I don't know, I I hesitate to say, but it's been kind of cool. I think there has been a little bit of a return to like local, buying mm-hmm. local, really feeling that local and, and community support and impact. Um, we I've, I'm following a, a Facebook page, it's like virtual dinner party, mm-hmm. and it's like 4,000 people and it's been really great to see who's supporting where and, and learning about new restaurants that are locally owned, locally well, and supported. And just the knowledge of yeah. all of it, you know? And I think, Sandy, it's so cool that this is providing you with that opportunity mm-hmm. Because clearly, I would imagine your favorite part of your business is standing at that counter and talking to people. And so this virtual count, you know, counters now times many um, are bringing them to you. And I am positive those relationships are not going to go away yeah. when the hopeful COVID goes away, you know. Because you get deal. people hooked on your bread and then they don't oh, stop the, coming. Yeah. You know, Shyla, <laughs> I was hooked on your bread to begin with from the farmer's market. But then <laughs> Shyla got me hooked because you ordered a tray of things at some for something I did and I then was like wait hold up a minute I can get a tray and then it was like life-changing and that's all we did for an entire however long so now (laughs) if I ever go anywhere again I can get more trays I don't know yeah so that's um, true yes you do customize things and and help out when mm -hmm. uh when possible so yeah that's pretty awesome yeah, you have quite a quite a thing going there. And, well, I'm glad to hear yeah. that for you, Sandy. That you're you've been able to sort of pivot the business. Um, but I think you know it's this this strong belief that you have in in reaching people through your product um, and bringing happiness to them for sure. I know yeah. I'm happy when I yeah. when I have your products. They're so <laughs> yeah. delicious. I love it. And so and um, and you know we we really like the the processing that you do with the bread. And so that's so much better than a than a traditional yeah, store bought for, for sure. sure. So yeah. I'm wondering, Sandy, um, you've been out at at Farmstead. Um, the farmer's market out there for mm-hmm. quite a number of years since 2006 is that right you've been out there or since even before then well the well no the market we've been there since the market opened um so they gosh they didn't open they opened in 07 mm-hmm. 07 so okay 
Tom and I went full time, but we were in a different location. Uh, gotcha. And they opened in 07 and then we moved the whole bakery up the there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, have you so, built a community of folks of, of some of the other vendors out there? Like, has that become oh, a community for you as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, it's wonderful, you know, to be able to, to joke with people, to be able to depend on people. Like, for instance, um, we're right across from uh, Tina Marie's Chocolates. And they they only moved over, you know, not too long ago. And we've been friends with them from the get-go, from the very beginning of the market. When, you know, when I run out of something, sometimes I get to call Tina and say, gee, do you have any of this? Can I buy mm-hmm. some from you? Um, but, you know, the other part is just they've watched our kids grow up. Mm-hmm. And to see them enjoying our adult children, to see them celebrating with us at the birth of our first grandchild. Um, that's, that's something that you don't get just being in. In that, yeah, in that traditional retail space wouldn't give you that. And so it's community on top of community, which is fantastic. Yeah. So, well, Sandy, we've had such a good time talking with yes. you, but before we let you go, we have three standard questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, I represent the coffee beans in this relationship, and therefore I'm going to ask you, um, what is your favorite coffee drink? Um, you have lots of yummy pastries, so I'd like to think you're having some yummy coffee with that as well, but what's your favorite coffee beverage? I really like a good mocha latte, Oh, as long as it's not too yeah. sweet. Nice. That's a, Very that's a nice. common response. Like I like a mocha latte, so when this is all over, we'll have to yeah. join up for one for yeah. sure. And not too sweet. I, I and don't not know, maybe sp- there's something about community leadership and not sweet drinks. I don't know. I don't know. We like them too. <laughs> so we'll, sur- we'll have to survey this later. We love uh, So, Sandy, my question for you is, um, what's your favorite booze or alcohol or adult beverage? Cocktail. Cocktail. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Cocktail. I really, especially with the weather being mm-hmm. as it is, I really like gin and tonic for a Tom Collins. And I have to say, I listened to your interview with Heather, my good friend. Heather, oh, the Bar Hill Gin, yeah. To Bar Hill Gin, oh. which is just amazing. That Heather, she's so, just yeah. educating all she of us. She is. She's yeah, she's yeah, great. Sure. So, so uh, Jasmine's going to ask you this last question, which <laughs> happens to be our one of our favorite questions, because I is. think it really gets to the heart of what we do and, and why we're here uh, and the goals that we, we kind of set out to, to fulfill with our podcast. So take it away. Absolutely. So Sandy, what is your passion? People. Relationships. That's, yep, that's an easy one. I, I am very much a people person. That's what it's about. It definitely shows yeah. in your business, in your relationships, in your products. Um, it has been an absolute delight, and I am so thrilled that you're the people person that you are so that we yeah. got to meet and share uh, your passion and your love with others. So thank you so much yes, for your time today, you. Sandy. We appreciate it. Was it was so good to see you from afar. Um, <laughs> yes, this was wonderful. Thank you so much. This has been a real privilege. Oh, thank you. It. Thanks for listening. I'm Shyla. And I'm Jasmine. And we're thriving in a small town. It's Kevin and Jasmine and drunk Shyla. It's time for coffee and booze. Clink.